0: And so we now own our vacuum again, and it is no longer The Spiders.
1: Hey, Zach. Hey, Sirtis. So a few episodes ago, was it a few episodes ago? I don't know. You were talking about how you didn't want... To start new projects because you hadn't finished the old ones, but you didn't really want to do the old ones because they weren't interesting anymore.
0: Right. I think that was the last episode. Okay,
1: cool. So last episode, yeah. you were talking about how <laughs> um, I have a solution. Uh uh-huh. Maybe not a solution, but at least a way for you to work on it and not feel bad about making some projects feel left out or whatever. To work on the new projects or To work on the new projects, to not work on the old projects.
0: I've been trying to explain people to things, because that's my job. And I don't know if I'm I'm just worse at parsing things now, but I feel like more people are using more pronouns. Hmm. For example, work at it. I'm like what what's the it there, dude? My dude, I'm gonna need you to explain why when you when you point at your code and you say that's doing the wrong thing. I don't know what any of those pronouns mean. Okay, so anyway, I got work to at, work at the pronoun? Let, let me try to be very explicit. Okay.
1: I, I think you should, you being Zach, mm-hmm. the person I'm talking to. That's me. You should write down all the projects that you are currently doing and uh-huh. would want to do and decide which ones to focus on and make that list an active and okay to change document
0: okay so like a like a slash now page
1: yes like a slash now page
0: i dig it it's
1: it'd be a more easy way to decide because you can still have all the projects listed there but just have one header be like active like i'm working on these right now and
0: if mm. you are interested in one of those i can go into the back burner section I've got. Uh, I think. I think I've mentioned that I really want a Mac again, mostly so that I can use OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. And reason, like 400, that I want to use OmniFocus is that it's got like a, a deep freeze option. Yeah, <laughs> you can say like, "Hey, I'm not going to think about this until I take it out a deep freeze." So just don't don't remind me of it, because I'll I'll remember it if I want to, and otherwise, it's not important, I guess
1: yeah i use that let's see what i do what projects do i have on deep freeze right now oh yeah those projects (laughs) thanks i'm a professional podcaster
0: (laughs) uh so i guess you can check check that out i don't even know what my like my slash now projects would be let's open up todoist that always feels good and relaxing in the middle of a recording (laughs) um just feel the zen flow through you as you remember all of the things that you told yourself you were going to do for example email tammy baldwin or hey vacuum i did that one so i think my slash now that i've been consciously prioritizing are all of my classes which take like heavy first priority Mm -hmm. um second did by figuring out what the heck to do over the summer because i need to find a summer job and don't have one of those and then just based on what i've spent my time on recently making sure my bike works <laughs> uh that's kind of been the project of the month so those are those are my three things right now and that's disappointing cuz i want i want one of them to be creative <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i've been toying with the idea of a priority system A far more granular one than what I have right now. Mm -hmm. Because right now it's basically like, this is important or this is not important. When really, that's not really how I think about things. It's just I I work on what I either have to do or want to do. Mm -hmm. And figuring out what I have to do has gotten easier as my systems have improved, but what I want to be doing or what I should, but still what I should be doing is hard to. Figure out because you can't like I can't put school at priority one all the time.
0: Right, it's just not sustainable
1: because I can always work farther ahead, mm-hmm. like a midterm or a final. That's priority one. Yeah, but priority two does not have to be homework necessarily, unless the homework is due tomorrow, say, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out a way to automate that process of selecting things I want to do versus things I have to do in the should do category because in general the things i want to do don't have deadlines yeah so it's hard to like look at a task manager like omnifocus and say oh yeah i should do that because mm-hmm. l- look at all these things that have due dates i should be, i should be doing
0: those i mm-hmm. i'm toying with that right now i'm seeing if i can fi- okay figure out something for that and do you know what would be on your now page if you if you had one or is that something that wouldn't help you like at the moment you mean yeah,
1: um, I mean, yeah, I have a list of projects, but it's just hard to say, like, oh, this is this thing is something I should be doing right now. Eh, should be is weird. I I probably shouldn't be using should be to describe this. Maybe like what I am going to be doing today. Okay. If I have a perspective in OmniFocus called Do, so these are just things that are due within the next week. Is that which which spelling of Do is that D U E? Okay. And it just displays all the things that are due within the next week. Cool. And looking at them,
0: they're all for school. When you, when you add worrying bugs editing to your, your system, mm-hmm. does that get a due date? It does.
1: Okay. But at the moment, I haven't added it yet. I also have a perspective called today. So these are things I want to do today. Mm-hmm. But it's not very complicated. All it does is say, like, is it, does it have the tag today, which I do manually? Right. The goal is to have something automated pick the today view. So something that can look at not just what's coming up, what's due, Mm -hmm. but also things that I want to get done and not just have to get done. Because right now I'm doing that, but I'm doing it manually, right? Uh Uh-huh. Which is not ideal because human brains are bad and not good at figuring out how necessary this is to get done. Right. Or, like, how... Uh, really the opposite of that. Like, everything... When I look at it in my OmniFocus, it feels very important. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, how long is this really going to take me? How long is it... Do I really need to get this done today if it's due Wednesday? Mm-hmm. But then there's also the caveat of, like, how do I explain to the script yeah. what I feel like doing today?
0: Yeah. I'd, uh, the way that I first thought of it is that it gives you a pop-up. It, gives, it says here's five of your side projects that aren't class projects, but it's secret projects or the worrying bugs or whatever you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like choose one of them. And when you choose that, it, it picks out like, there's a concept of next action in a lot of to doist projects I know mm-hmm. or not to, uh, OmniFocus projects is that you can, there's like a thing you can, you can't publish worrying bugs before you edit worrying bugs or whatever the thing is. And so right. if you choose that project then it just chooses the next action from that project is that is that a way you could do it
1: yes but i would also see i'm wondering if i can also have it integrate with my time tracking because i would want to do stuff that i i I would want it to suggest things that i haven't done in a while Mm, get a rotation yeah keep things fresh and whatnot yeah it's not a simple solution and, and in fact um i would have to if i was going to make something like that i would have to make it A project in my OmniFocus, which could turn into a black hole.
0: Wait, so you would need to make a project out of
1: project selection? I would need to make a project out of making the script for project selection.
0: Okay, because it's got so many steps you can't just keep it in your head. Yeah. Oh man, how do you choose to do that project? Yeah, exactly. Hmm,
1: just choose it. It's that easy. Well, yeah, if it was a smaller thing, I could say, okay, well, I'm just going to pick... You know, Saturday, I'm going to just bang this out. Mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely a multi-day project. If it was going to resemble anything that I actually want it to be. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you have a suggestion, please email uh, guy at gmail.com. That's not my
0: email. And? <laughs> and <laughs> I guess, yeah.
1: Alex Cox at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Yeah.
0: Let them know that you heard about the, the email from Worrying Bugs. You also can send a physical letter to the Punsky at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> Uh if you have ideas about the series shortcuts that Curtis can uh can set up. Uh you could also comment on on Curtis's blog, probably. Nope. <laughs> Unrelated. I'll be more likely to read the letter that you send to the punsky at gmail.com if it comes in pretty packaging. Okay. And the best way to get pretty packaging for your letter is to find someone nearby who does cool art and have them make you the letter.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. D- can you recommend anyone for uh, our Milwaukee listeners?
0: Yeah, for the Milwaukee area, I recommend Bailey P. Danz. They made a letter that I got over the holidays, and uh, it was it was a fun little like printed thingamah. I don't know any of the words, I just know it looked cool when I got it. It said, Happy Holidays, and there was a snowman and a little hut, and it was, like, uh, like... <sighs> do you, did you ever do, like, the woodblock thing, or, like, rubber stamps? But then you, like, an art glass, and then you would, like, carve away another part of it, and then you would stamp again, and it would be another color? I don't think so. Okay, well, that's a thing. It's a thing that you can do, is that you, like, you stamp, and then you, you get another pattern, and you stamp in a different color. And so anyway, it was this, it was a cool letter <laughs> in, in this format. That's how they made it. Um, and I was like, hey, that's real cool. And also I, I want more of that kind of thing and supporting artists is neat. Um, so I emailed this person and I said, hey, please, please, can I get a commissioned art and they were like, sure. And then we were kind of at a standstill because they didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know what I wanted and they <laughs> didn't know what price they wanted and I didn't know what price I'd be willing to pay. Um. So, so eventually we, we fixed that by me just kind of saying some spring related things. Spring? Spring.
1: Yeah. Oh, Okay. like the season.
0: Yes. Like water. not, not the... <laughs> Yeah, I was commissioning very artistic letters for all of my mechanical engineering friends around the theme of springs.
1: That's uh,
0: what I thought. (laughs) No, Uh, I was like, well, tulips. I think of tulips when I think of spring. And they were like, that works, I guess. Um, (laughs) And I was like, am I undervaluing their art? I don't know. I don't know these kind of things. And apparently they didn't either because I was like, here's a price maybe. And they were like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. So I don't, I don't know. I I do not know. But anyway, I, I got some art from this person from Bailey P. Dance, and it was a little nerve-wracking, but also real cool because now I have six of these cards that say happy spring, and I think I'm the only one to have them. That's cool. Which is a neat thing. So so go go do that. Support local artists, pay them fairly, if you know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point, Super Awesome Corp is going to have to commission um, some sort of art because our, our current in-house graphic designer, like they do work, but I don't know if I would, I would be comfortable putting any kind of adjective in front of that. <laughs> um,
1: I, think, I think we're doing all right for what yeah. we have. Like
0: logos are weird. Absolutely. So anyway, maybe we could uh, commission, a, commission, commission a thing. For the thing that we're doing, oh yeah,
1: it's a good idea.
0: Theoretically, we have some some money saved up in the coffers from all of those Patreon sponsorships we've been getting. <laughs> Zach, we
1: we literally haven't even had enough to warrant a payout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, okay. Well, I guess when we get the the payout, then we can <laughs> we can justify the big bucks, spending the big bucks to find a, a graphic designer person.
1: You know, I mean,
0: it wouldn't be the worst
1: thing to pay out of pocket, but, um, sorry, Google is having me drive their cars for
0: them. Mm. I hate when that happens. It's like one of those, uh, Punch the Monkey video games, but instead it, it's a, it's a whole page ad that just says, quick, drive this car, we need help.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is this a stop sign? Please hurry. This is urgent, urgent information. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, screw you, Patreon. What's that? This is Patreon's not letting me log in because I don't want to open up my email.
0: Does it not think you're a human, or...?
1: It, it doesn't recognize my browser, for whatever ah, reason.
0: I have a whole lot of browsers that my bank thinks are called Still My Computer, You Idiot. Uh, because every time Chrome updates, it's like the browser signature is different, and I'm like, that's... I guess you're right, you're correct, but I am still, <laughs> like, it's not helpful if, if Chrome updates every week for you to do any of the saving things.
1: I want to talk about this milk thing. Okay,
0: you got a transition, though. All right, speaking of graphic design. There's a much better way to transition. I'm going to overrule your transition that I just made you do. Okay. I tried to log in to the Patreon just now. Really, actually, in real life. And Google, instead of popping up to ask me if I could help it find the stop signs, it wanted me to help it find pictures of udders. So I think Google is getting into the robotic milking world. You know, uh,
1: I doubt it because it's not on the Wikipedia page.
0: There's a Wikipedia page for what?
1: Well, Zach, I saw this ad. Okay. And I took a screenshot of the ad and I put it in our little Google Doc. It says, you have a choice in
0: robotic milking.
1: Tap to learn more. So, of course, I tapped.
0: And GEA, which is Google's entrepreneurship arm. Everyone knows, GEA. Not quite. It stands for, one moment, okay, it is German, very German. Ah, I see that now. Oh, God, that's such a big word. I know. Germany. <sighs> ah, okay. okay, now I'm on the Wikipedia. I don't see anything about Google what wikipedia are you on the the gea oh no group no ag not that one you want to be on the
1: automated milking wikipedia page
0: <laughs> wait okay i need to go i need to find their subsidiary links but yeah i see this ad it says you have a choice in
1: robotic milking and i can't not tap on that absolutely that's an important thing that you need to know about so i went to the gea engineering website and i browsed around a little bit and then i did some more researching, and it turns out there's a whole industry for
0: automated milking techniques. Techniques? So there's like different ways to go about it? Yeah. The- really? I always just assumed it was, the, it was just like you slap these babies on and they do some suction and then you're done. Well, no, that, that's actually manual milking.
1: What you want, Zach, is automated milking in which the cows decide
0: when to get milked you get oh okay i was thinking it was like you get um boston dynamic spot to run around and herd all the cows into the (laughs) so uh uh,
1: it's also called voluntary milking because the cows i'm gonna put this in air
0: quotes decide
1: when they want to be Mm. milked
0: okay all right i'm gonna send you a picture zach um and then so Curtis. then um i know that one of your one of your issues with animal products you know you have some qualms about how like the animals can't consent to giving you that whatever that is, if it's milk or or meat or whatever. Did I say that? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's something I've heard. I know that there are definitely people who th- who hold that opinion. So yeah. So do you think that this then, because the cows have the choice, this deals with some of those issues?
1: Click that link I send you and then I will... It should mm-hmm. be showing you a black and white diagram. Yep. Okay. So you'll notice, Zach, that The way this works is that the cows brush up past a cow ID tag sensor and Mm -hmm. then the automated gates open and the cows are are pushed into the milking unit. Okay, wait. This doesn't look like consensual. So to get to the food... This is extortion. To get to the food, the cows need to go into the milking area.
0: That's extortion.
1: That's milk extortion. (laughs) (laughs) It's very cool, though. Absolutely. Because it can, like, identify... The udders? Mm-hmm.
0: I think it identifies the whole cow. Well, yeah, but like it (laughs) it, it suctions on to the things all by itself. Oh, okay. So it can find where the udders are on the cow. Yeah. Is there a chance that the cow could like walk in backwards? I mean, I suppose. Can cows walk backwards? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. That's like one of those things like cows can go upstairs, but they don't know how to go down them. Yes, I've heard that. Cows walk backwards. This is a common search that people have performed. Um, it is, oh, wait, no. Okay, this is a different thing. Can a cow walk backwards, Quora? But there's also, it is a widely held belief that cows cannot walk downstairs. Uh, it does not say whether that belief is true or false. Thanks, Google. That's always <laughs> helpful. Um, cows can walk backwards and they do it in their everyday life. Okay. They do it every time. All the time. They
1: only walk backwards. <laughs> The tail is actually the front.
0: Yeah, the thing that you think is a head is just a distraction. It's like those moths yeah. that look like they have big eyes on their backs. Yeah. Okay, so we've determined that cows, so a cow could walk backwards into the milking unit.
1: I think in theory there would be some measure again. Like, I think it would still work more or less, mm-hmm. but perhaps not. Maybe the thing would just be like it would ding the farmer on the phone. Cow error. <laughs> cow error. Unacceptable input. <laughs> so what do you think about this, Zach? What do you think of voluntary milking systems?
0: Um, I think that's a I don't know, I guess that's the best word for it. I think that these cows look very strange in this diagram. They don't look like cows at all. They look like rabbit heads on on black and white orbs. But uh beyond beyond my issues with how they they represent the cows. Okay, so it's partial automation. Um, is is the one where you just like walk the cow in and then you slap the udders on. Mm -hmm. I've seen this one further down. Uh, It's a rotary milking parlor. Yes,
1: I'm going to send you another link to our friends at GEA. Okay. The Dairy
0: Pro Q. What? Oh boy. You know me. Anything that says pro, I gotta buy it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, the the cows get onto this big thing and it like spins them around like a merry-go-round.
0: Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen a, a rotary cow milker because the idea, they, they time it. It's like if they engineered carousels so that by the time you were, you, by the time you'd gone 360 degrees on the carousel, you had had as much fun as a carousel could provide you. <laughs> um, the idea of this rotary cow milker is that it's timed so that a cow walks on and by the time it's traveled like just under 360 degrees, all of the milk is gone from it. And the the little udder suckers can detach, and the cow can walk away.
1: Yeah, uh, uniquely individualized
0: service for ev- every cow. Wait, is that a is that a thing that it says here, yeah. or is that it's a, the first line under overview? It's right above that picture. Overview. <laughs> uniquely individualized service. What does that mean? I'm gonna watch this video. Engineering for a better world. Oh, and then it's got a buffer. This is a five-minute video on how this cow milker thing works.
1: Approximately 120 to 400 cows can be automated,
0: automatically milked per hour. Automatic milking. Wishes. Facts. Effects. Okay, so a cow... Oh, they're milked comfortably. Let me just say,
1: for listeners who cannot see the pictures that we've provided helpfully in the show notes, this does not look in any way comfortable.
0: The cows simply feel more comfortable. This guy just said it in German. It's got to be true. Best working environment. Okay, so apparently it's an improved rotary parlor in some way.
1: Ooh, guidebook for automated rotary milking solution for large-scale dairy farms.
0: Okay, so the the crux of their argument in this ad is that you have a choice in robotic milking. Right. So I want to know, have you looked up any of the other options? Uh,
1: They're on the Wikipedia page, way down at the bottom. Manufacturers. There's uh, Lele, which is in the Netherlands. You got uh, De Lavel, which is in Sweden. Uh, Fullwood in the UK. G-E-A. Uh, milk in Canada. Ooh. I like that one, but there's no Wikipedia page on it. I'm just gonna
0: Google it. Dang. Milk-O-Max. Ooh, it's in French. Uh, French Canada. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> hmm, this is interesting. There's no U.S. manufacturers of automatic milking parlors. Zach, I think there's an opening in the market. I don't think you understand globalism. I think you could sell some farmers buy made in the usa Mm, okay just like they want want people to be buying u.s made milk and cheese yeah you can say don't you want to support your country and then sell them you like do the bare minimum so that under the is the tpp a thing did the u.s sign on with the tpp i don't even remember i don't know Won't our teachers be proud?
1: Well, we finished the project before it was supposed to be signed, so...
0: Yeah. Not really our fault. All right. Well, in any case, you do the bare minimums of, of like, actual assembly in the States, and you get all of your, your materials from other places, but you do just enough so that someone, you can call it American-made, so people can look at it and say, great, I want my American-made milker for my American-made cows... Um, to make some american-made cheese
1: absolutely i
0: bet i bet there's all kinds of farmers out there right now just dreaming that they could have wait never mind this dutch or no this company in denmark purchased the dutch manufacturer of the galaxy robot and i think if you offered me galaxy robot milk or american-made milk i would definitely choose the galaxy robot milk all right i think we've milked this joke for as much as it's worth i agree Thanks. Thanks for the finger guns. Our audio listeners will really appreciate those.
1: They were for you, not for the listeners. Okay. I did appreciate them. I don't necessarily want to talk about ginger because I can't figure out what no such thing as a fish was talking about. Okay.
0: Were they talking about gingers, perhaps? No. No. <laughs>
1: They said there was a study in which they gave people ginger and then they were more likely to make decisions that were not as moral as the people who did not take ginger. Huh. And that's concerning for someone who eats a lot of ginger, such as
0: myself. I feel like if that was, like, proven, scientifically proven, that you would want to, like, limit the ginger intake of anyone in power.
1: Yeah. Hold on, let's let's transition quick, because now we're talking about it. So Zach, do, do you think it's moral to put cows into a voluntary milking system?
0: I think it's more moral than shoving them all in at once, but I don't know about the like on a broad scale. I think comparatively, compared to the, the past, it's more moral, but that's kind of like the guillotine was the better of the ways to kill people.
1: Okay, yeah. So I, you might be more accepting of a voluntary milking system mm-hmm. as a farmer if you had recently consumed ginger, maybe, maybe the, I hypothetically, <laughs> I can't fig- <laughs> need citation. It really does. Uh, so, <laughs> on no such thing as a fish. Recently, that we're talking about a study that found that ginger like dulls your moral compass to mm-hmm. a small degree. Mm-hmm. But I can't figure out what they were talking about. So, uh, yeah. But we're gonna act as if it's true because I find that no such thing as a fish is a source in and of itself.
0: Oop! Top hit from from psychology today does eating ginger change our moral judgments wait i think you're just bad at google that's quite possible that wasn't there before i swear (laughs) um okay so the first the first like you know how sometimes at the end of an article they'll be like here's a recommended article Mm -hmm. the first the first recommended article that i've got um the title is The Purpose of Brain Power. Are We Misusing Our Minds? Definitely. And the image to accompany it is somebody putting their thumb into a screw. Nice. So I don't know how much I trust this website. Well, what about ubc.emotionlab.ca? It's a WordPress. Ginger, okay, suggests that Ginger in- interferes with moral disgust up to a point. So it makes your brain less likely to go like, man, that's awful mm-hmm. uh, about a lot of things, including like nausea. Ginger helps nausea. Okay, so, so then the point I, I mean to make is that with, with this in mind, with the scientific proof that ginger inhibits your, uh, your ability to make judgments, we should be treating ginger like a, like a low-grade drug. Right, yeah. Like, oh man- Sorry, I, that's not, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Sometimes I just act weird when I'm on ginger. Absolutely. You can only have ginger if you're 18 or older.
1: <laughs> uh, what, what kinds of jobs do you think would need a, like, like when you're on duty, you don't want to mm. have ginger in your system?
0: I mean, like, definitely law enforcement. Right. First thing that comes to mind. You don't want your law enforcement eating ginger and going out there and making amoral decisions.
1: Okay, what about a corner? Not necessarily for the moral issue, but for the disgust part of it. If ginger does dull disgust...
0: Oh, okay. ...then
1: someone who is technically law enforcement...
0: So, like, how if you're you're a drug researcher, you're allowed to get controlled quantities of that drug. If you're, like, a scientist doing research on the drug, if you're a coroner, just by virtue of having that job, you get access to ginger.
1: Right, but, like... I don't think it needs to be even that controlled because, <laughs> like, we can get alcohol and such other things, Uh uh-huh. just not while we're handling firearms or doing medical toxicology.
0: Right. So are you saying that coroners should or should not have ginger? I'm confused.
1: I'm saying, I'm asking if you think they should. If, if this is going to be a, um, a thing that helps them be more objective or something that will dull the emotional response that is necessary for making judgments about brutality.
0: I don't, it doesn't seem to me like ginger makes you like reverses your morals. It just brings them to zero. Yeah. Like as ginger increases moral decreases but I don't know I don't know if zero is amoral and like 0.5 is true neutral or Hmm. if zero is true neutral. I don't know like is there is there a A limiting effect. So, as you have more ginger, you can only like asymptotically (laughs) approach
1: medium moral. I don't think you would be able to completely flip your morals just by consuming ginger. Mm -hmm. Just you think it's now good to hurt people. I don't think that's going to happen by eating ginger. Mm Kind of interested because it suggests that like your feeling of disgust when seeing like the the dead rat under your sofa is connected to. The feeling that you get when something immoral but not necessarily disgusting happens, right? Like, let's say shoplifting. This is an immoral thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. But not because it's disgusting.
1: Right. I- I'm interested because it suggests that, this study suggests that those two things are, if not the same, but s- s- uh, similar in our brains.
0: mm mm-hmm. It does seem to suggest that. And were you working
1: towards a point? I don't know. Uh, that, that was the point. That's kind of, I think that's a cool thing. Okay. Yeah. So should I be able to make someone throw up by shoplifting?
0: Okay. If you shoplift real hard. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of like if, if you look at the light, you sneeze kind of thing? Like the, the lines are just too close together?
1: Maybe. Okay. So you know how there's like movies about like antiheroes who do bad things, but you still root for them because the story tells you to? Yeah. Could we do the same thing with disgust?
0: I'm not sure what you mean.
1: Could we, show, could we show an audience things that are disgusting and have them get a sense of joy out of it? Like the same way we do with immoral decision making in movies.
0: Okay. Maybe, maybe this is a bit of a diversion, but what if you did like a 4D movie and you pumped like ginger into the air Hmm. so that everybody was ingesting the ginger just by breathing and then you showed disgusting things? For science? No, just like as a, a, a film experience. You'd probably get an Oscar or something. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if a 4D movie has ever won an Oscar. I doubt it, because they're awful. <laughs> Not for like story, for like pushing the, <laughs> the boundaries of what filmmaking is.
1: I think you have to like, I- I've heard a lot of talk about the Black Mirror thing. Bandersnatch? Bandersnatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of things about that, but I don't think it's going to win an Oscar because apparently, as cool as it is, it's not a very well told story.
0: Right. That's also what I've heard. But do you think Bandersnatch did more to make, to, to advance the world of filmmaking, or do you think the 4D SpongeBob movie at Noah's Ark did more to advance the realm of filmmaking? Hmm.
1: Let, let me think. Mm-hmm. I think Bandersnatch because. Bandersnatch made. It was shown as a success. It was shown as a thing that people like, regardless of how well it was like written out, mm-hmm. right? So, in the future, someone maybe Netflix, maybe someone else would make something like this again. Okay, which is not the case for the SpongeBob four D movie, and it was arc.
0: No one's gonna repeat that mistake. You're saying
1: I don't think so because it's not only is it like not a pleasant experience hmm It's, like, it's barely novel. It's just kind of like a bad movie where they spray water in your face sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's my uh, hot take.
0: And now, a PSA from the worrying bugs. Some hazards of phosphoric acid include that it may be corrosive to metals. It's harmful if swallowed. It causes severe skin burns and eye damage. It causes serious eye damage. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. Are you working with uh, phosphoric acid? No. Okay. It's just important to know, you know? Yeah, I guess. Important information. There are a lot of numbers attached to those. Uh, I just copied this off a, a database that I was referred to by a friend. And so there's a whole bunch of numbers that came along with those words, but I'm not sure what any of those numbers mean. There's like an H290, and then there's a, a percentage. Yes, so see these numbers, they mean
1: that uh, 26.5% of the time, it will be corrosive to 290 hats. Two, okay, hats. Metal hats, of course. Yeah, metal hats. Similarly, 19.71%
0: of the time, it will be harmful if swallowed by 302 hats. Okay. Maybe maybe the numbers, the H, because the other format where I see H and then some numbers is bills from the House of Representatives. Not compression formats? Oh, you're right. Yeah. But I was thinking maybe according to the House of Representatives bill 290, this acid is corrosive to metals and that passed with a 26 percent majority because <laughs> everyone else refused to vote
1: okay uh hr 290 is to reduce federal spending and the deficit by terminating taxpayer financing of presidential election campaigns that was a mistake um <laughs> what about 302? 302 302
0: what, who did they think was going to finance the elections? I'm so upset about this, I need to leave.
1: FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. I'm assuming that they
0: reauthorized the FAA. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Well, you know, I'm glad that uh, the House of Representatives is doing things like determining that, that uh, phosphoric acid is corrosive to metals and ensuring that our planes can get off the ground. <laughs> Wait, no, it's only 19% of planes can get off the ground. What's next, Zach? That's not how this works. Isn't it? No. So how this works is we've got a list and like two days before we start recording, because I'm terrible at thinking about the podcast when we're not like actively trying to record. um, I go through and I scroll through all of these headings, uh, such as pre-show, follow-up, quick story. Um, there's there's a whole lot more. There's a bunch of headings, and at each heading I think, do I have a thing to say about this heading? For example, um this time in in fitness, we talked about ginger. And there's a lot of of things that I've realized in my life that I go and I like try and think of a couple headings and look through those headings to see if they make me remember a thing that I've been meaning to do. And I got the idea from trigger lists from getting things done. The idea there is you've got, like, if you want to remember all of the tasks that you're supposed to be doing, you go to this trigger list that either you've made or I just use the one that they have. Um, there's, there's actually a narrated version up on the, on the Getting Things Done website, and it's just David Allen very calmly walking you through your house. Have you thought about the things you need to do in your kitchen? Are there any unfinished tasks, perhaps, in the living room? Do you have any business meetings that you ought to schedule? Do you have any, I don't, I don't remember what any of the rest of them are. That's why I go to the list. So I don't have to keep it in my brain. So anyway, I think that that's a cool like framework for thinking about things. Um, and I was reminded of it because I'm taking a class in poetry and one of the things we need to be, thanks. Thanks. OneNote. I love that. Uh, It just made all of my words, like, a lot wider. It just put more spaces in between all of the letters of the words for some reason.
1: It just likes kerning.
0: Um, I guess. Anyway, so for poetry, we need to have this list of things to think about when we are commenting on other people's poems in this poetry class. And so you you can think about, like, the punctuation that they use, or the imagery, or a particular cadence that you feel as you're reading. Um, And so the... Professor gave us this whole list of things to think about as we're going through our fellow students' poems, and she—I don't remember what word she even used for it—but I saw it and immediately my brain went, "Oh, that's a triggers list," mm-hmm. because I had already thought about it in the context of getting things done and the the David Allen triggers list. So I was wondering if you have any other triggers lists that you yourself use.
1: I think, in a way, my phone home screen is a trigger list. Really? Let me give you an example. So currently on my home screen are. Two rows of folders and a bunch of shortcuts. Mm-hmm. So the shortcuts are for for opening various apps and maybe menus of apps or whatever. But some of them are for time tracking. So if I am like, if I'm sitting there and I say, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go on my phone." The first thing I see is a bunch of apps that say, "Hey, why don't you start a timer to work on schoolwork or worrying mm, bugs okay. or whatever. Huh, that's smart. Well, I mean, it makes my phone a lot less fun, but that was the right. the idea.
0: That's, that's kind of been the point of phones from people in the last year or so, from what I can tell. Yeah. It's like, what ways can we make our phones less fun so that uh, we have some time, just any time, yeah. that isn't owed to Twitter?
1: My roommates got back into Pokemon Go mm-hmm. after getting Pokemon Let's Go for the Switch, they got into Uh, Pokemon Go again. Mm -hmm. And not wanting to feel left out, I also redownloaded Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. And I think I have to delete it again. It's far too much
0: fun. Really? Hmm. I don't have a problem with Pokemon Go because there's a limited amount of things you can do before you need to move. Like you can catch all of the Pokemon that are around you and then you're done. There's nothing else for you to interact (laughs) with.
1: I understand, but... The thing is, it, it, it gives me something to be working. So it, let's give, I'll give you a scenario. I'm working on something, mm-hmm. and I'm stuck on a problem. And instead of working on the problem, I think, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll quick go on Pokemon Go. And then as soon as I am done with catching all the Pokemon in the area,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I close the app. Mm-hmm. I look at the work, mm-hmm. and I say, oh, I wonder if there's anything else on Pokemon Go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I open it back up again, mm-hmm. just like I did with Instagram and Twitter when right. those were on my
0: phone. We, I think we've talked about this. I'm, I'm still having a problem in that Twitter is good enough and in the web view on my phone. Oh, no. I've been having this problem for a while. Oh, no. We have talked about this. You're right. I didn't realize it was yeah. that big an issue. Oh, no. I thought it's it was def- going to fade. No. Instagram, that's fine. Instagram's web view, I scroll for a little bit and then I'm like, guess I'm done with Instagram but that's only because i twitter is right there huh you just you just type t into the search bar and then it comes up and it says you go on twitter a lot did you mean twitter.com and i say yes because i am trash
1: don't you have a a nice and hackable
0: android phone that you could install a hey don't do that app yeah so the thing is uh you need to break your warranty to hack your any any modern Android phone because it's not really hackable at all. It's it's a very closed system. Um isn't there a app that lets you turn off like stuff like that? I feel like there's gotta be something like that. If okay, so the options to do that are either you agree to use someone's VPN. Okay. And then when you go through the VPN, they block certain websites, mm-hmm. which is sketch. Yes. Because uh where are you getting your money vpn mm-hmm. and then the other option is to root my phone and void the warranty
1: really there's nothing in between what how does grade do it he doesn't have an android uh, it seems like you should be able to do more with an android than with an iphone you would think huh interesting uh, you gotta delete your twitter account zach no <laughs> <laughs> okay let me what is the limit what what's your breaking point what what would make you say no twitter this is too far oh god what what maybe like what percentage
0: of your time would twitter have to take up Uh, it probably is already there (laughs) i set i set an app limit on my youtube app Uh because that's been another problem that you can just infinitely scroll through youtube and even if you don't click on the video something in your brain goes good we are scrolling there is more (laughs) content to be witnessed And you're like, brain, maybe click on one of the videos. And it's like, eh, this video's boring. Let's scroll more. (laughs) So now I have a a limit of the amount of time that I can spend on YouTube on my phone, Mm -hmm. which has been working. Okay. You can't do that for websites? I don't think so. I'm going to open up the the set a limit thing on my phone and see settings, digital well-being. Because part of the problem is it's not any particular app. It's like the browser that's built into the phone because there's a search bar just right at the bottom of my screen. Mm -hmm. And when I touch that search bar and I hit T, it says, you want Twitter?
1: Okay, Zach, here's what you do. Okay. I don't
0: know if there's an equivalent.
1: Shoot. I I actually have no idea if there's an Android equivalent. But are there parental controls?
0: Yes. Okay. I'm
1: pretty sure. I don't know how to turn them on. There's usually a category for... Like social media websites and stuff.
0: Oh, you need, to get, you need to get the parental controls app, I think. Google family link. Let me go play. And then if you get the app, it enables the functionality in your phone. Hmm. All right, well, this is something I will need to look into. So let me ask you a question, Zach. Yeah.
1: There, I assume there's some sort of override for your YouTube limit. Right. What is stopping you from just overriding it?
0: Um, I'll be real disgruntled at myself if I do. It pops up and it says, "Hey, you're near your time limit." And I go, "Wow, I don't need to be watching this thing that I'm watching right now." And then I close it out. Could you do something with like, like reminders, maybe? Just like, "Hey,
1: what are you doing right now?" Every couple minutes. Not every couple minutes, but
0: I set up a bot account to follow that says, "Get off of Twitter." That's got to already exist. That's a good idea. But I, I it'll be like the water tracker reminder. Which just it doesn't mean anything in my brain anymore. I just go, oh yeah, the water tracker app buzzed. I guess it's on the half hour because that's when the water tracker app buzzes me. Right, but if you see it
1: in Twitter like that bot, I think that would be more effective. Mm,
0: no, because I also don't know what ads I see on Twitter. The human brain is real good at ignoring the stuff it doesn't want to think about.
1: Yeah, you're right. Unless you actually don't want to think about it. What? Well, if you don't want to think about it, the human bad is brain is really good. No, really bad at not <laughs> ignoring things.
0: <laughs> the human bad is really brain good. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you're saying if you don't want to be reminded of something. Like, when uh,
1: d- don't, don't think about white elephants, you know? It, brains are bad at not thinking about things when you actually don't want to think about them.
0: Right, but you become like, uh, there's not a, a phrase for it we need to okay that's that's the thing we got to do by, before the end of the podcast there's nose blindness for like when you don't mm-hmm. the, the the marketing term for when you don't notice when you smell a thing what's it called when you go blind to things that are in your feed or like notifications add blindness because it's not eye blindness which would be the natural <laughs> next step from nose blindness because that's already a thing but it's like blindness by repetition that's pretty good actually okay i don't like that the last like three episodes of the podcast have given me homework usually i can just be like okay podcast done now Curtis has to worry about it <laughs> but no now i've got to go on my website and make a slash now page i still don't have a recipe up for the super bowl um which i promised do you have any other trigger lists
1: uh, that aren't yeah, your phone
0: let me think um... This is, this is like the bears conversation. We just kind of trend towards it, and then we get stuck talking about bears and or how I can't stop using my phone.
1: I just noticed that in looking for a trigger list, I look around my room, which is, I guess, technically a trigger list, Like, but it, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's actually very interesting.
0: I was thinking that it might be good to have a trigger list for... Um, when you walk into a room and you're like, dang, what did I come into this room for?
1: Oh, context switching would be awesome. I'm so bad at it. I, I do this all the time. I will be thinking of something and then I'll go to write it down on drafts in my phone or in a notebook that I keep in my pocket or, or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: So you can't do it on your phone because then you see the water notification. <laughs> Even though you don't think about it, your brain has to spend energy turning off the water notification without actually physically turning it off. And then because it it spent that energy now, it doesn't know what you were trying to write down.
1: Whatever the reason is, I open up the app, I get that far, Mm -hmm. and then just sit there with my thumbs in the typing position because I cannot remember what it was. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have to put the phone down, do whatever I was doing again to get back in the right context to think about it, and then I have to switch back. Right, you've
0: got to walk back into the room you were in so you remember what to put on your phone.
1: So what we really need is for Alexa to just be always on and always listening to you. And you can say, Alexa, what was I just saying?
0: What if you were just thinking it, though? I
1: think, you're, you, I think what you want... Alexa, what was I thinking?
0: Yeah, the Amazon machine to be able to read your thoughts and yeah, repeat them back Definitely to you.
1: what I want. I want all the advertising agencies to accurately predict what I want. Mm-hmm.
0: The new Alexa-enabled EEG. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never have to leave the MRI again with our new feeding tube.
0: <laughs> nope that's a bad joke so just cut that <laughs> oh okay that makes so much more sense yeah. we should stop recording before I say anything dumb like because <laughs> this isn't uh, Secret Project Beautiful Mind that's been, that's been iceboxed yep.
1: oh Project Beautiful Mind I get sad every time I see that
0: that was such a good Good idea. And the kind of thing where I could say... But this isn't the kind of show where I can say that. So I think we need to to switch over to Project Beautiful Mind. The show is what we make it, Zach. Right, but it's not the kind of show where I can say...
1: (laughs) Correction, you don't want it to be that. It could be that.
0: This this episode is a a bad representation of what the ideal podcast is. I agree. It's been two years, and I know that I don't want this podcast to be the kind of show where I say, and I definitely don't want it to be the kind of podcast where I repeat that phrase a lot.
1: Don't worry, it's all getting censored. (sighs) Thank you. Speaking of companies knowing your thoughts. Yeah. Have you ever been on Wikipedia and thought, boy. I want to read more about this kind of thing, but not exactly this thing.
0: Mm, like, you go to the recommended links? Like, usually I just yeah. go...
1: Like, for YouTube, you got your recommended links, but for Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in mm-hmm. this, you might also be interested in this thing.
0: Okay, if you if you spent an hour scrolling through how Japan does trains thing, you might also be interested in how Japan does buses.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, what I think we should do is is create a browser plugin that watches you read Wikipedia and tries to figure out what you're going to want to read next.
0: I think there's a disproportionate amount of Wikipedia pages about things in Japan (laughs) because I just said that and I got a link. I I clicked round random article and I got a link about Tonaki, Japan.
1: I think this is a good idea.
0: And so, if I spent if I spent a while reading about Tonaki. In Okinawa, Japan, they've got regular ferry service from Tomari Port in Naha. Well,
1: that's the thing. Like, Wikipedia obviously has links all over the page. hmm But they're just explanations of terms that are being used in the article.
0: Right. So th- so your thing would be more like down in the bottom when they have this little purple box and it says districts in Okinawa, Japan.
1: Yes, it would be something like Maybe that.
0: Maybe I want to read more about the... Uh, Kunigami district.
1: It's unlikely that you're going to find more things about public transportation in Japan from a topic... Why is it not a contiguous
0: district? What the heck? This is not the point, Zach. I understand, but now I really want to know. Okay, so how do you think you would get that information? Would it just be from the boxes, or... What boxes? The, The boxes in the bottom that says, like, if you... Well,
1: suggested reading is all done by other Wikipedia users. And that's so, like, it's not necessarily going to be a good suggested reading because they don't know you like your
0: browser knows you. Okay. So you're saying there's an infinite number of places that, that the algorithm could take you next. Why would you specifically? So would it be like, if I had been reading about American buses and Japanese trains, then it would recommend maybe you want... American trains or Japanese buses, so it would use a bit of historical context and also a little bit of what I'm currently on.
1: Yeah, maybe that, and maybe like, oh, somebody who researched uh, similar things to Zach clicked on this next. Mm -hmm. So maybe Zach wants to click on this next. Mm Hmm.
0: Okay. Um. What's the monetize monetizing angle? Because this is currently under the heading of business ideas.
1: It's under the heading of mediocre business ideas. Right. Because I don't have a business for it yet. It's just a cool thing I want to make and have no idea how to make it.
0: Okay, so you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking you do the rapid growth first and you figure out monetization later.
1: Yeah, that's how you do it, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I think Amazon can find a way to monetize it. Mm-hmm. I just sell the data to Amazon.
0: Yeah, or just sell the whole company to Amazon and they can... Yeah, that's a better idea. They can own the world. It's fine. I'm going to sell it to Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Mm, okay Mm -hmm. i dig it does she get like because amazon has so many like it's the one big parent corporation so does she get one half of the or is there like a a cohabitation thing going on um where jeff bezos gets to run like amazon shipping half of the year (laughs) and then she gets to run amazon shipping the other half of the year Uh, i don't know i don't know zach cohabitation was the wrong word
1: yeah i know what you mean though it's um there's
0: a word for it. Mm-hmm. You know that thing.
1: Listeners, if you know what word Zach's talking
0: about... You know the word. That word.
1: You can reach him on Twitter.
0: Or um, if you know why Kunigami District is not a contiguous district, it's not like there's an island. Just, there's just a, a space in the middle of Kunigami District that is apparently some other district. If you know why that is, uh, please tweet at me. You can find me at...